Hey there, I'm Kara, event producer for eBrandCon, the Employer Branding Strategies Conference. At eBrandCon this May 22nd through the 24th in San Diego, you'll gather with lots of awesome like-minded branding and recruitment marketing professionals across industries. Over the course of three days, attendees will take advantage of an interactive learning experience to explore current EB strategies and trends. Through pre-conference workshops, keynotes, and panel discussions, you will learn how to leverage the knowledge and talent of the industry's leading EB experts. This year, we're featuring leading case studies and best practices from companies including Salesforce, Dell, CVS Health, Philips, and T-Mobile. Don't miss this year's best opportunity to network and engage with your branding peers in a real, approachable way. eBrandCon is leading the discussion. Be a part of it. Visit us at employerbrandingstrategies.com. To register, use discount code LINK15. See you soon. Hey, Sansvason! It's Jorgen Sundberg here with the Employer Branding Podcast by Link Humans, London's Employer Branding Agency. Storytelling describes the social and cultural activity of sharing stories, sometimes with improvisation, theatrics, or embellishments. We have heard about the power of storytelling, but how exactly does it fit into your employer brand strategy? Let the story begin. Brian Adams, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Jürgen. Really pleased to be here. How are you doing? Very good, thanks. So uh, could you let our listeners know who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm uh, Brian Adams, not the uh, Canadian rock star, um, but I'm the CEO and founder of uh, PH Creative. So we're an employer branding agency based in UK and US. Yeah. Do you normally get that reaction when you say your name? Just just every day, just every single day. Uh, usually I'm met by very disappointed um, hotel and restaurant receptionists. Um, oh. So yeah, constant disappointment, but there you go. Never mind. <laughs> okay. And uh, tell me about getting goosebumps. What, what's that name? So uh, that's, um, that's a book I wrote, I co-wrote with um, my partner in crime, uh, Google Dave Hazelhurst. It uh, came out in 2014, um, and it's all about strategic marketing, inbound marketing and, and talent attraction. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, uh, it's been on Amazon now for a good, good few years. It's, I think it's still number two uh, in the charts for inbound marketing. Great. And it's also the name of your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, as a spin-off, uh, part of in the book, we um, I've spent the last four years studying storytelling in various different forms. So I've had lots of fun, just like you on on this podcast, interviewing um, lots of weird and wonderful storytellers from all different walks of life, and it's been uh, a real eye opener. Yeah, yeah, great. So before we get into storytelling, which I've got lots of questions around, I just wanted to know what's what's your take on on employer brand? That's a big question. Wow, that is uh, that is a big question. So, for me, um, employer brand is is how um, people describe your organisation when when you're not there. You know, it's the truth about your um, about your organisation. Um, and you know, we we set out to um, well, we our agency we call ourselves the defenders of happiness. We we try and set out and create cultures of of happy, productive people because that that cultivates uh, purposeful. Um, productive companies um, and yeah it's uh, it is a big question um, you know and from a, an EVP point of view and an um, employee value proposition 
we sort of distinguish that as the, the give and the get. <clears throat> so, you know, if, uh, if the employer brand is, um, is the sort of the feature of the organization, the, the EVP is the, the sort of the benefits and what it means to the, to the people working there. And how long have you been operating in, in and around employer brand now? So I, I studied um, marketing and, and, and branding. Um, and so our agency is like 15 years old now, but we've been slowly creeping towards and focusing in on employer brand um, probably after the first 10 years of the agency. So we've been, we've been mm. sort of specializing for the, for the last five years. Right. All right. So if we transition into storytelling, first of all, you know, what is it? Uh, why is it important? And why now? Well, uh, you say why now, but um, like storytelling's mm-hmm. been been around, you know, for the sort of start of time, really. But um, I've heard I've heard storytelling described in a number of different ways. But the, my favourite, um, which I won't claim for myself, came from uh, Robert McKee, who's a master um, craftsman when it comes to story. He describes story. If if your body is hardware, story is the software that runs. Um, you know, it's how we make sense of the world. We tell each other, uh, we tell ourselves, you know, hundreds of stories every day just to make to make sense of the world and um, you know and, and get by. So, it's it's probably the most effective. Well, it is the most effective means of um, of any form of communication. Um, you know, and, and when it comes to business strategy, you know, at the end of the day, a business strategy can be boiled down to, you know, to, to a story. So for me, it's the building blocks and the essence of, of good business, good communication. And, uh, you know, it's essential for, for, for strategy. And, you know, in terms of today, um, there's a lot of, especially in, in our world, you're going to, whether you, you'll agree, but there's a lot of obsession with, um, with technology, um, yep. you know, in a digital age. And actually, you know, it, I'm a great believer in it. It's not the tools, it's how you use the tools. And often uh, a lot of marketing spend, talent attraction spend, uh, could be better invested if the basic principles of story were followed, you know. So um, that's, that's basically the, explains the obsession of, um, of me and, and story and storytelling. That and one day I hope to write a feature film and see it made so um, but that's that's more of a personal ambition oh great okay so, so give us the uh, the basics of story and storytelling in a nutshell so there's there's many different forms of story structure um and if um probably the most famous is um, joseph campbell's a hero's journey mm-hmm. um so joseph campbell's probably the world's most prolific um, mythologist um and he came up with a a structure which is known as the hero's journey um and i think it's it's a 12-step structure and I won't, I won't recall all the steps now but it it basically describes a call to adventure um then a, a refusal of the call then they meet a mentor and then you cross the threshold and blah blah and it goes around and all of these different steps it's really interesting because when you look at many of the um, contemporary films that we watch every day you can look. You can look at the architecture of, of most Hollywood films, and it follows the exact same structure. So, yeah. you know, one of my um, one of my favorite films is Back to the Future, um, a favorite of many people. You know, Star Wars. But then you look at the likes of Pretty Woman and a whole host of different stories, and it's exactly the same um, plot points, um, structure, um, you know, and, and, and narrative underneath. It's it's fascinating. You know, all designed to to bring you in. 
uh, and create empathy with the um, the protagonist and and you know entertain you for you know however long. So it's that's that's the that's the most classical structure, but of course there's many other examples as well. And you know it's a difference between um, a purpose told structure, um, you know, and, a, and something that doesn't really achieve anything or resonate with with an audience it's, it's kind of like music you know there's there's rules to it you know yeah and I think uh, just from having kids I've got two two young girls and uh, you know watching them watching it Disney movies uh, you know just see the, the the range of emotions that come out of them you know they're happy or they're, they're crying or just yeah. the power of yeah. stories that it's, it's amazing yeah, well, well, Disney have, have cracked it, haven't they? You know, the Disney have a fantastic storyteller that we all can resonate with, we can all relate to. Absolutely. So do brands create stories or do stories create brands? Wow, what a great question. What a great question. Um, I think, I think, there's, I think there's, there's probably two sides of the same coin. Um, but I think, uh, you know, these days you can't own your brand. I think, you know, as, as we discussed the other day, Jürgen, um, you can only influence it, but mm. a good a good brand, uh, you know, behind a good brand is, um, you know, there should be good crafted stories, uh, you know, to point the brand in the right direction. Probably one of the greatest short stories ever told is um, is Nike's "Just Do It." Yeah. That's a really good. It's a really good example of a different story structure because um, "Just Do It" is just literally three words, obviously. But what that really cleverly does is it leaves the it part open to interpretation to to the audience. So for me, just do it means get your fat, lazy backside off the couch, put your trainers on and go and run around the block. You know, that's what it means to me. To others, it means go and run a marathon, um, you know, or walk the dog or, you know, whatever. But what it does really effectively is it it forces the audience to tell a story that's personal to them um, in, in their mind. And it's, it's just a really, really smart, well-crafted story structure. Yeah. And I think also I saw an analysis around Nike's employer brand, Nike or Nike, however you say it. Um, and uh, it doesn't seem to be a specific employer brand. It, it is just do it for employer brand as well, because it sort of works across different applications, doesn't it? It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, we've used that technique with a number of um, clients, and the the magic of it is, um, if you hold a mirror up to the audience, there's a different uh, interpretation. But of course, then it's flexible to use in many different scenarios. And when you've got something as powerful as just do it, um, you know, why wouldn't you use that as the other half of the brand on the on the employer brand side? It's you know, it's it's magic. And um, how does content marketing relate to storytelling? Is it one and the same? Um, another good question. I don't think it is one and the same. I think storytelling is just a really impo- important um, building block of a, of a good content marketing strategy. But, um, you know, you'll probably concur. I've, I've, I've seen many a content marketing strategy. Um, well, actually, I've seen many a plan that doesn't have much strategy to it. But when you look at the content, it's, it's not following any story structure. Uh, it's it's just a sort of blizzard of of content out there designed to try and get engagement engagement in any which way, but typically if there isn't traction or if something isn't right, um, the derivative is it's not resonating with an audience. And actually, even if there are stories in place, there's a a real difference between a purpose told story 
and just storytelling for story's sake. Um, so no, they're, they're definitely not the same, but you know, there's a, there's a big crossover. Content marketing done, done well will be riddled with great stories. Great. Okay. And uh, what about the stories that your employees and perhaps prospective candidates are already telling? How do you listen to those and how can you include them? Well, user-generated content um, and, and audience story is incredibly powerful. You know, and I think um, as part of an effective employer brand, whether you're building it or managing it and, and driving it, um, a big part of that is listening, you know. Um, but I think as a, as a proactive brand, <clears throat> you know, with a, a purpose in mind and a business strategy of whether it's attraction or engagement or referral, then I think, um, you know, it's the brand's job to sort of fuel the fire and, and, and put initial stories out there that, that can be discussed, you know, if, if we, if we think of the brand as the campfire, you know, um, hopefully, um, it's compelling enough for people to sit around and, and talk about, you know? Yeah. Okay. And uh, where would you start? Let's say, you know, we have a number of employer brand managers listening to this now, perhaps with little to no budget. Where, where, what can they do today? Well, you know, it's funny because um, a great story doesn't require lots of budget, first of all. Um, you know, we've all sat around and listened to our best friends in the pub tell jokes and you know you lean in with anticipation you know it's if if you can create a good story that draws an audience in that's they're the they're, that's the magic of and uh, the power of, of, of story but essentially i would always ask okay so what's the purpose and when you're telling a story um in relation to talent attraction or referral or engagement whatever usually um you know what you're trying to achieve, but there's, there's only sort of four basic things that you will achieve with a purpose-told story. So you will either seek to um, to educate, to entertain, um, to convince, uh, or there's one more, which I always forget, uh, to inspire. Mm. So so um, the key to um, to using story is to figure out what you're trying to achieve with the audience. So we use a simple marketing funnel called See, Think, Do, Delight. So C is like uh, attraction and getting uh, awareness. Think is a sort of consideration phase of a funnel. And do is the sort of action-oriented. And typically, a lot of brands, um, they fail to plot out um, and work out and listen to the audience and understand what it takes to move them through that funnel or through a process that they, they want to sort of create. So if it's talent attraction, you know, you might discover that uh, a persona of your audience will engage uh, by and react to being inspired at the top of the funnel. But then in the middle, um, in think or consideration stage, uh, you can design a story to educate them on some things that they didn't know about the brand. Uh, and then produce story to, to convince them lower down. So the, the key is understanding what does success look like. Um, next, you really need to understand the audience and the motivations behind the different segments of your audience or the different personas. And then you can figure out, okay, what type of stories am I looking for to achieve the action that, that's, you know, that I'm setting out to achieve? So um, there's a lot of moving parts there. Quite yeah. simple. Um, but that's the difference between a purpose-told story and just good stories. Because obviously, um, 
we can invest in storytelling and put great stories out there that might make people feel good or uh, entertain and make them laugh. But uh, if there isn't a purpose behind it, then then actually it, you could argue it's 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 a waste of money, you know. So if you look at it from an employment context, um, so stories about you know day in the life video, for instance, that's mm-hmm. it's, it's not perhaps very innovative. But is there still a place for those? Do people still need them to make that? Um, finals, you know, click that final submit button. Yeah, I think so. Um, but you know, we've all seen really dull um, day in the life of, and then you know, there's there's more interesting versions, really. And I think that's where it comes down to working with a good creative director um, and maybe a strategist who really understands the audience and uses those little personal human gems to craft a story that you know is, is a little bit different maybe or uh, underpinned by the the corporate values in a certain way to really chime and resonate with with the audience on a different level um you know so i think there's definitely is a place for all of those types of things but you know it's all in the execution you know we've seen good versions and we've seen you know um we've seen bad okay so apart from bad versions of uh of those videos, uh, what are some other pitfalls to avoid with storytelling? Good question. So the, I guess the first thing that we see all the time, and it's, this amazes me, even, even sort of storytelling um, practitioners um, tend to get confused around this. And it's the difference between a narrative and a story. So um, all stories are narratives, but not every narrative is, is a story. Uh, and We've, we've probably all sat in sort of presentations or uh, meetings where people sort of present or, you know, and, and present narratives. And it'll be like, this happened, and then 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 this happened, uh, this happened, then the end. Now, that's a narrative because there's no, there's no conflict, there's no adversity. Um, so I saw a really cool trick. In fact, uh, a guy called Randy Olson, who um, I interviewed uh, probably about 18 months ago now, he wrote a book called Houston, We Have a Narrative. <laughs> um, and he, he used a really cool technique that he got from Trey Parker, who was the writer of South Park. Yep. And, um, and what Trey does is he writes every um, episode of, of South Park just really quickly in draft. And then he goes back um after he's written it and he changes he finds every every uh, word and and tries to change it to a but and therefore and it's called the abt technique the and but therefore technique because um and but therefore is the simplest of, of story structures because and is the the thesis um but is the antithesis uh and then therefore is the synthesis so you've got a beginning, middle, and end, but more importantly, the middle is um, is the conflict, uh, and then the the end is is the solution. So, for anyone trying to turn something into uh, a story, um, give that a try. Write, t- take a look at what you've written, and then go through it and try and change uh, all of the ands to buts and then therefores, and and it gives it conflict and it gives it structure. So that's that's probably the simplest thing. Um, but uh, I interviewed a guy called Jonah Berg, um, Berger. He's, um, he's actually a professor at uh, Penn State University, but he wrote a book called Contagious. Um, and he talks about stories in that book, but he also has this process called Steps. Um, and it's like a checklist for great stories in a digital age that have um, 
social currency. So, uh, so they have a chance of being spread. Um, and he describes these these elements. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to remember this. But let's let's have a go. So, the first one's definitely social currency. Then it's triggers. Um, then emotion. And there's an element of it's got to be in the public domain. Then practical values, and the last one is stories. There you go. I'm actually quite amazed. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he describes this, and it's 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 really really cool. I'd highly recommend reading that reading that that book because it, it goes through the process of storytelling, but also how to make it the most uh, potentially contagious it can be as well. Got it. Got it. Okay. I'm just thinking, um, you know, uh, an HR department is perhaps not usually um, you know renowned for taking risk. Um, <laughs> In fact, the opposite, probably. And mm-hmm. when we talk about, you know, adding but to a story and perhaps, in, you know, injecting some conflict and strife uh-huh. and all these things, yeah. Um, it, do you see that a lot of companies are willing to take those sort of risks and, uh, and not keep it nice and vanilla? Um, well, I think the first thing is we always we always ask our clients before we take them on, you know, how brave are you? You know, because we're quite a brave sort of organisation. Um, but I think in this day and age, uh, to, to stay safe is is more risky, um, mm-hmm. and also we can context that with you know if um, if you if you tell a story, a personal story of somebody's uh, career progression, um, it could be you know I I work really hard and I'm interested in in this position, uh, but I haven't got the skills to um, to get the promotion. Therefore, I'm studying. Um, outside of work and I hope to have the skills next year. You know, that's, that's a, that's a story. Um, it's, it's not a very good story, <laughs> but, but you know, that's how to sort of storyfy um, aspects of content within your organization, you know, without, without any, any risk at all. Um, but the, probably the most valuable insight um, I've, I've got to date from a storytelling point of view was a guy called Michael Haig. And uh, this guy, he's, He's renowned for the workshops he gives in in Hollywood for budding screenwriters, uh, and I, I listened to this um, this workshop. It must have been about ten years ago now, and it always stuck with me. But he describes, and we we use this principle in our candidate experience design as well. He tells this story of um, of Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, and what he introduced was the concept of uh, a hero in a story having an inward motivation and an outward motivation. And to tell a great story, you must understand both the inward motivation and the outward motivation. So what I mean by that is Luke Skywalker, um, forgive me if the Star Wars fans uh, listening to this, you're not Star Wars fans, but hopefully everybody pretty much knows Star Wars. When Luke Skywalker is about to hit the, hit the uh, pull the trigger and, and shoot the Death Star, his outward motivation is to defeat the Empire. He wants to destroy the, the um, Death Star and um, defeat the Empire. That's his outward motivation. His inward motivation at the very same moment when he shoots, takes that shot to blow the, the, blow up the Death Star is he wants to prove to himself he's got what it takes to be a Jedi. So at that very moment in time, his inward motivation and outward motivation are aligned. Now, from a storytelling point of view, and from a candidate experience point of view, if we understand the inward motivation and the outward motivation of a candidate, then we can optimize the experience and create both emotional and rational content to bring them along. You know, so 
the outward motivation might be to achieve the to, to get the job um, to uh, to be in gainful employment the inward motivation is to prove what you've to prove to yourself that you've got what it takes you know to, to move forward in, in your career so understanding both the, the emotional and rational sides of, of experience is, is really powerful and from a storytelling point of view, um, yeah, that's that's got me out of a lot of jams over the years. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I've heard that in a, in a sales context as well. When you talk, you know, think about a client, you know, they, perhaps the outward motivation is that uh, you know they want a project in place, they want to build a fantastic website, and everyone's happy. But their own agenda, perhaps their inward um, motivation is, you know, they they looking after their own career and they want something good on their CV. So. Uh, when the, both of those are aligned, that's when Luke Skywalker um, shoots up the Death Star, I suppose. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, and he's 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 only there because of Obi Wan Kenobi, and you know, um, and Obi Wan is is the brand is the brand. That's our job. Um, and, and again, one of the one of the biggest mistakes I see all the time is brands insist on being Luke Skywalker, not Obi Wan. You know, so they they make themselves the hero instead of making the protagonist. Um, the the candidates or or the audience and, and of course that's well that's that's the biggest mistake um, that, that we see all the time brands that insist on being the hero instead of giving that status to, to the audience. So I'm now looking forward to this uh, feature film yours. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a few years off yet, yeah, but uh, yeah, one day. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so the million dollar question, the ROI. So is there a way to measure ROI specifically on storytelling in terms of uh, employer brand and talent attraction? Yeah. So um, I think the ROI really needs to be on a wider context because um, storytelling is, is an ingredient mm-hmm. um, rather than, you know, the whole recipe. So if, um, if you've designed a talent attraction campaign, and you understand that funnel sort of methodology I was talking about earlier, uh, and you've got several stories or maybe one broken up story um, that's been designed with purpose, then you know you can apply um, tangible funnel metrics to you know to the content that you you produce. You know, typically you'll produce um, a bit of content and you'll you'll measure that by how many views, how many shares, uh, listening to the sentiment around it. Um, and whether people actually sort of take from the story, you know, what, what you, in, what you intended, but, you know, from a, from a softer sort of measurement point of view, but the hard measurements are, you know, do you get the click throughs? Do are people watching? Uh, are you getting a conversion towards a, a destination? Um, you know, are people inspired? Are they educated? You know, are they convinced? Are they entertained? So, so yeah, there's, there's, um, you can you can measure the effects of, um, of of story, but the key thing is you know you, you need to understand why you're doing it. It's got to be purpose told, and it's part of a uh, a wider strategy and, and and campaign that needs more metrics than literally just that one one bit of content. You know. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and uh, you've mentioned a few of these already, I think. But uh, what brands, companies, perhaps even people out there inspire you in terms of storytelling? Ooh, another good question. Well, um, Nike or Nike? You've got me thinking now. Is it Nike? Is it Nike? I'm um, not sure. We should do a we should do a poll. I think yeah. when you're in America, it's Nike, but when you're in Liverpool, I know it's Nike. Anyway, um, I'm really inspired. We'll just move on. I think. I'm really inspired by um, by Red Bull um, because you know years ago they set out to own the space of extreme sports. Um, 
But if you think about what they've achieved, their story is really special because um, emotion, you know, emotionally, they, they don't just sponsor people. They fund a person's quest to achieve their own greatness, you know, to achieve the, their dreams. Um, so Red Bull's story is now made up of hundreds, if not thousands, of individual personal stories. Uh, which I think is really, really smart, and they've crafted the um, the art and science of, of generating user-generated content. You know, and you know, at the end of the day, it fascinates me because Red Bull they sell little cans of the most horrific sugary drink. You know, there's Cops no health. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's no health benefit to it or whatever. But it's kind of cool, and they definitely own their space. And when they're you know, from an advertising point of view, whether it's consumer or, or candidate, um, you know they've they've got a very distinct personality and a position in the market that we respect, and and that is that is based on brand positioning and hundreds, if not thousands, of stories that they accommodate, which I think is really smart. Um, on a smaller scale, um, I think Lego is is pretty cool, um, and I don't know whether you remember some of the stuff they did years ago where. They'd have like two bricks, um, one on top of each other, and then uh, maybe on a. If you imagine two bricks, two sort of standard size bricks crossed over each other, one on top of each other, on a blue background. But then the shadow is um, is a sort of sophisticated shadow of an aeroplane. And from a storytelling point of view, um, it gets the audience to fill in the gaps, and basically, you know, it appeals to the fact that you no know, Lego is just. Um, it can be whatever you want, and it's about um, imagination. You know, right there, it achieves a number of things. It gets the audience to tell their own story. So maybe you and I might immediately hark back to, um, you know, a few few years ago when we used to play with Lego. Actually, I still play with Lego in the sun, but, um, and they use the most powerful emotion um, that there is, and that's nostalgia. You know, it's a very smart, sharp play that Lego um, used there because we all remember the good old days of our childhood playing playing with Lego. It's really smart. So that's a really uh, smart use of, um, of of storytelling. But um, I uh, I've studied story in a number of different capacities, and um, I'm, I'm really sort of fascinated and sort of proud in a weird way that storytelling is getting more and more sophisticated. And there's evidence to prove that story is getting better as, as, as time goes on. Um, and the evidence is um, Hamlet, written hundreds of years ago by Shakespeare, was the most complex character ever written. And some would say it's the, one of the best stories. Um, I think that's, that's uh, arguable. But Hamlet was a 10-dimension character. He was the most complex character ever written. Tony Soprano is a 12-dimension character. Wow. And when, and when you look at um, Breaking Bad, Walter White has 16 dimensions to his character. It's the most complex character ever, uh, ever created. Um, and it's attributed because we've got long-form story now, um, which, which didn't exist uh, you know, 50 years ago. Long-form story didn't exist. We've got a 100-hour story now. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so with the advancement of technology and like human behavior in the modern age, uh, story com- continues to evolve uh, and change, which which is why I stay fascinated. Great. Okay. Well, this, this has been fascinating, Brian. Where can people learn more about your work and uh, where can they connect with yourself? So um, 
if you go to ph-creative.com, that's the easiest way to um, to check us out. If you look at, look for Getting Goosebumps either on Amazon, you'll come across our, uh, our book, or in uh, iTunes, you can follow the um, the podcast with lots of different interviews of, of uh, master storytellers, which is, which is cool. Or uh, Twitter, um, I'm Brian with a Y underscore PHC. Um, and my email address is brian at ph-creative. So there you go. I think I've only left my... Um, a telephone number and postal address out there so um yeah if anyone wants to connect feel free great thank you so much for your time great talking to you Jürgen. thanks all right i hope that was useful everything brian and i discussed will of course be in the show notes article which you'll be able to find at employerbrandingpodcast.com all right as you may have heard in the intro the employer branding strategies conference takes place at the end of may the 22nd to the 24th of may in san diego california i am going to be there brian is going to be there many of the interviewees on this podcast are going to be there now the big question is of course are you going to be there if so you might want to use the promo code Link 15. So that's link 15 for a very special discount. I will put the link to the event in the show notes to the, the podcast episode. And I really hope to see you there. And if you have any questions around the actual conference or any other questions uh, in general, feel free to ping me at jorgen at linkhumans.com or hit me up on LinkedIn or Twitter. That's it for today. Many thanks for tuning in and catch you next time. Hey, do! I got stung by a bee the other day. Okay. $20 for a jar of honey. <laughs>